0: Hi, my name is Phil Alain and my definition of relentless is when you find a passion for something, you just power through it. Whether it's uh, whether it's your children or or, or a dream, you um, you just realize that uh, that you, you you form that ability to be relentless when you really are truly uh, focused on something. And I believe relentless stems from love, and, and uh, once you have love for a project love for a person love for for an individual kids whatever um, you'll find your your ability to be relentless
1: hello everybody and welcome to the relentless podcast i'm kyle dubay and i am really really happy to be here in studio with a a local yet not so local artist because this guy's kind of all over the world has done some incredible things Mr. Phil Elaine is joining us. Thanks for being here, Phil. It's, it's my pleasure. We are going to get into a lot of your career. We're going to get into a lot of things that are going on in your life and, and, and all around the arts. And I am going to um, just absolutely amaze you and the listeners at how much I do not know about art. Because <laughs> I know nothing about art. I'm the least artistic human being I think I've ever met. Well, that, that you know what every artist is is uh, is always learning too. So welcome to the club. So okay, so you're saying that there's an artist in everyone. Absolutely, yeah, and that's. Uh, do you really believe that?
0: I really do, and I I think that it, it's kind of taken away from us as children that uh, mm. that after uh, you know you you actually watch it because like, I do workshops with kids as as young as uh, well as young as three four years old sometimes mm-hmm. all the way up to adults <laughs> and and uh, the um, the if you put a piece of of uh, paper in front of a child with brushes and everything. They immediately start to paint and they don't even, they don't even ask you what they should do. They just want right. to just get busy and do it. Right. And as, as kids get older, they, they, they stop and they think a bit more. It comes like a they're, they're, they're either hesitant to, to what they should create or they, um they start to worry more about what other people are going to think of what they create. And then by the time you reach adulthood, um, I mean, if I say to you, um, Hey, do you do artwork? And the odds are, you're going to say, Oh, I can't even draw a stick man. Yeah, which is the the most common thing that we hear. I from, said it uh, to you yesterday. You did. When we and talked. I hear it all the time. And and the truth is that that's because people, um, at a certain age, they they just they just don't believe that they can do artwork anymore because they're so fearful of of what others will will think of what they do, because um, it, it, it's just kind of like it becomes a peer pressure thing almost, or they just uh, they just feel like like it's like singing. Like, sure. Probably everybody sings in their car at some point. I'm unbelievable. I bet you are <laughs> with that deep voice. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But uh, I, I think that uh, almost everybody will sing in their car or in the shower or whatever. Um, but will they sing in front of their friend? Never.
1: Yeah. See, I'll <laughs> sing in front of my friends and they beg me to stop. <laughs> now, it's interesting because this is about insecurities, really. A lot of it is. That's yeah. what it is, right? Yep. Yep. So let's talk about you then. Let's talk about your journey as an artist. When did you fall in love with this? When did you realize this is this is something I love doing? And did you have those insecurities, or th- they were just never there? Well, I, I I guess
0: everything like I'm an athlete more than I was an artist. Like okay. I I I, uh, I was heavy into hockey. I was heavy into football. Yeah. Uh, everything sports related. Like up until I was about 11 years old. Um, and then, of course, uh, when you're in school, you take all the other subjects. And and uh, I started doing artwork. And when I was doing my art, uh, I had a, a teacher that just said, you've, "You've got some talent there. You should you should try to do more with it." So um, so she just encouraged me to to draw. And uh, and I loved football. I was uh, I was a running back. And when I don't even call it a, it's real football at that age, but yeah, it, it yeah. felt
1: like it was to me. Sure, and because it was at that. It
0: age. was yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, and I was pretty decent at it. And and I just loved drawing football players so uh I just started doing that and then then um my friends uh you know they they're all they were all in the sports and they saw what I was drawing they're like oh man can you draw this guy can you draw that guy so I uh, I started drawing more of it and then my my teacher encouraged me to enter some contests and uh I was lucky enough to win and and from there on I just realized that hey I I have another ability here and yeah. and uh, um I was very hyperactive <clears throat> as a kid they wanted to medicate me but but my my parents wouldn't allow it they just said no no he, he's he's fine he, is uh, his crazy energy is good on the sports field so sure. we'll leave it but um, when I started to do my artwork I it was actually the first time where I would actually stop and and uh, and just just be focused and and just draw and draw yeah. and draw and and it it became a wonderful place for me
1: you'd get lost in the the artwork so to speak like you basically yeah, yeah. Right. Like, like I I was the kid dreaming of, of being that
0: professional athlete, but I was drawing my heroes and, mm-hmm. and uh and it was a it was I, I mean I still remember it was a pretty pretty fun time in my life because um you know, you you just like I, I remember the like I, I studied the equipment, I studied the, the positions of the players' hands and uh the running backs. I just loved running backs and, and um and then I started getting into hockey and doing all the hockey. And it, it's amazing. You you literally were were bringing your heroes to life right in front of your own eyes and, right. and uh, every time you drew another picture you're like going, can i make it better and and uh and in your friend's eyes you were becoming a hero in some ways so it was a uh, um it wasn't through the sports that i was becoming the hero was through my artwork so it was it was fun that's a
1: pretty cool way to look at it i i I, again, zero artistic ability for me, and I know you're gonna say, "Well, no, everybody has it," but, <laughs> but I really don't believe I do. I also don't know if I have a desire to do it. Do right. you know what I'm saying? Yep. Like it's it's like playing a musician. I, I truthfully, I wish I could play the guitar. No desire to put the time in or right. the efforts to learn. Um, I have people that say, "Well, you can still learn." They're like nah, I'm just too lazy. Yeah, like I, I, it's just not my thing. I'd rather listen to somebody else. I don't understand the way that an artist's brain works uh louis lavois is a good buddy of yours yep. and a good friend to you can you services the organization i work for he comes and does live paintings at every one of our comedy nights huge hit people look forward to it every year seeing what this man's going to create and i look at you the same way i look at him where i don't understand how this can go from your brain onto the canvas i i it, it just doesn't compute with my brain is can you explain the process or is that like really hard to explain well well
0: i even just between lewis and i uh i can't explain his brain because he does things he thinks in a completely different way than i can sure and i do as well and 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 uh um i i don't think i i think you know when you talk relentless or or uh, i think if you have a passion for something you're going to find a way to make it work like it it just is (laughs) it's just the way it goes so um I, I know, I know that Lewis and I had very similar, um, childhoods where, um, where doing our art was, was almost like a, a um, I don't want to call it a hero stamp, but I mean, it definitely gave it, gave you credibility. It yeah, gave you in, some status. In, sta- yeah. There you yeah. go. Status. It, it, you know, <clears> so, uh, so let's just say if you were having any difficulties in school or were just trying to find your place there, the place was, was found. And, and, uh, um, you know, if you weren't the most popular kid, all of a sudden there's something that people are, are go. Hey, we need an artist. Who can we get to do it? Let's get Lewis or let's yeah. get Phil. And, yeah. and it, it became something that that. Uh, so, well,
1: it made you cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it does. It, it. I mean, it, it gives you some and, and it gives you confidence. And 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 then um, once you start creating, you 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 learn tricks and you learn patterns or or, or ideas. And you, you're always looking at other artists' work and
1: figuring out what what maybe you could incorporate into your style. And and uh, um, like an athlete. Because if you look at, at championship teams, they don't have just one style of player no, they have exactly. all these different types that lead to a championship. essentially that's what you're saying is artists are like that it, it, it's, it's very comparable like even like I had a friend who uh,
0: who would just watch YouTube videos day after day of guys doing shootouts because he just wanted to be better on breakaways sure and i'm thinking god i would never do that and i played <laughs> hockey my whole life and yeah. I, i'm like i just don't have the energy to spend studying that like i'm gonna go down and make my same move every yeah. time and get stopped and go back and pout but he, he um you know it, 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 it's just like if you're passionate about something you're gonna try to find a way to to get better at it and i think that's um that's probably how most artists brains work if they see something that that inspires them. They're going to try to incorporate that into what they do and and, uh, and take it to another level with
1: what, what they can do. I don't want to give away too many of your secrets, but what is your shootout move? What is your goal? <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long since I've done one. I- Are you going backhand <laughs> or forehand? No,
0: I think I always go forehand. You I go think forehand. I, I, I go right, then go left, and, and flick it up.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> stayed, stayed, and, Shoot and, it wide. And, yeah, usually yeah. wide off the crossbar, yeah. or usually right into the goalie's guys Nice, it's nice. <laughs> So what does inspire you in regards to art? Like let's let's go back to okay, now we're gonna say you're whatever, you're seventeen, eighteen, maybe you're in your early twenties. Are you starting to make money as an artist now? Like what what was the first piece you ever sold?
0: Well, first was was a hockey player. I, okay. I my first my first art piece I ever sold was uh, was actually Pelly Lindbergh. Oh, wow. Philadelphia
1: Flyers uh, Philadelphia. goaltender who died in a car crash, right. I want to say in 85.
0: Yeah, it was right around there. Yeah. yeah. And I sold it to uh, uh, a good friend of mine who I played uh, midget uh, hockey with in St. Albert. And, and uh, I mean, St. Albert people might know Biff Jones, but uh, his, mm, fa- his yeah. family uh, purchased the artwork off me. And uh, I'm not even sure why if they were big fan, I think it was before he passed away, too. I just can't mm. remember now. But um, anyways, it was, it was at that time that I kind of realized, oh, you can actually make money off of this. Right. Can um, I ask you how much you sold it for? Uh, I, I think it was 50 bucks. 50 bucks. Like, I, I don't know. It just seems like... But a... it must have
1: felt amazing. <sighs> well, it did. That I... somebody wanted to give you money, like to have this transaction for this piece of work that you put so much love effort, like you loved it. You're passionate about it. And someone said, let me pay you for that. Yeah. Well, I th- I think
0: even more so than that was when I started winning contests because mm-hmm. I actually, uh, uh, I think I, th- I probably should say my first sale was uh, I, I did a... Uh, a piece of artwork. The Empton Journal had a contest, and uh, it was, "Can you draw draw something for Halloween?" Yeah. So I was like, "Oh yeah, whatever." So I did this charcoal drawing of this torture chamber. It was uh,
1: it was quite, uh, quite horrific to me. Quite, <laughs> quite different than hockey players, yeah. than football players.
0: So, yeah, and, and I did it, and and, um, and I got a phone call just before Halloween saying that. You know, you've won $200. No, I won an Atari, an oh, Atari, wow. which was pretty spectacular. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah, so so I, uh, I was like, wow. You're aging yourself now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> but the, they were so good They were then. awesome. Pong was great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, after I won that, I, in my, my artwork ended up on on the uh, brunch section of the front page of the brunch, sec- brunch section in the journal. So section C or something sure. like that. So I was like, wow, that was awesome. I, I won a contest. It was the second contest I had won, um, but it was, it was more exciting because in the, the – like back then when people read a lot of newspapers, it was really cool. to." Um, so they had another contest at Christmas time, and I thought, well, I'm going to enter again. I'm not going to win because you're not – what are the odds you're going to win too? Mm-hmm. So I entered it again, and on, um, on Christmas morning uh, – I wish I could remember what year, but it's probably like 81 or 82 – um, <coughs> I woke up to uh, To the Edmonton Journal on my on my doorstep, and the whole front page of the Edmonton Journal was my art. And so there wow. it is, like this. How old were you? I was fourteen, I think. Wow, fourteen or so. And uh, it was just such a, like more so than any any dollar figure. It was this like fact there, like it was my art on the front. Like I go to the school after the break and uh, and. I was like the, the, the hero you're a legend. Oh yeah. I was like, your my art was like, everybody, yeah. everybody had saved the paper. They're but, all coming yeah. in.
1: That's whenever people actually all got the paper. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So it was, um it was pretty exciting. So, uh, um, so I, it was, you know, and then when, then when I sold that other, other artwork uh, to the Jones family there, um, I started doing it much more frequently and mm-hmm. people were commissioning me and things like that. And, uh, but really the, the reason why I even st- stuck with the arts is because of, uh, of hockey so so i actually uh um uh, in my 20s i was asked to go play senior hockey up in northern alberta okay so i went up to uh to fairview uh just a little town and up by peace river there yeah. and, and i played in the nphl and uh fairview hadn't won the championship in like 50 some years or something like that and they haven't won it since but i went up there had the most Spectacularly, I, I You remember bub slug the cartoon yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so bub slug was playing and every time a, like gretzky would shoot the puck it'd go in off bub slug's butt or whatever yeah. like like i i felt like bub slug because yeah. everything everything i touched was going in i don't i wasn't a goal scorer and and uh the the playoffs we were just uh just a dominant team and we ended up winning the championship and i ended up winning the mvp of the playoffs wow which if anybody knows me as a hockey player, I, I am not a top goal scorer, and sure. I'm not going to win the MVP. But uh, but for some reason, I did that year, and uh, and while, and all the games were broadcast on the radio, and one of the radio broadcasters said that not only is uh, is Elaine an artist on the ice, he's also an artist in real life, and you can see his artwork at uh, at one of my friends had a restaurant in town, and so you can see his artwork at at this restaurant. So people started going to this restaurant just to check out my artwork and started putting orders in for, for different commissions and things like that. And, uh, and from there it, it kind of took off. And, um, and at the same time I ended up getting a, uh, a hockey scholarship. I'm 25 years old and I got a hockey school. I feel like Fred Flintstone (laughs) now going to, (laughs) going back to college. And, uh, um, I went to Grand Prairie college to play in, in the, um, ACAC there. And, and we were, we were God awful. And, and, um, I ended up blowing my knee out in the first couple of weeks of the season. Um, so I was, I ended up going back and taking fine arts. And, and from that point on, um, my art career kind of took off. Like I, I, uh, I was,
1: what were you doing prior to that? Like, were you in school? Were you working? I, or what I actually, were
0: you well, I, I, uh, I had gone to school. I had gone to U of a for a couple of years. years. Um, but uh, I just, I was not a student. I actually, I broke my jaw playing hockey three times and, and twice while I was in university. And so I missed a So a few, you weren't a good fighter. No, none of them were fights, believe it or not. Like everyone says that. I, I just didn't know when to duck when sticks were coming.
1: Glass jaw Elaine.
0: <laughs> that was my down. name. Yeah. That was totally my yeah. name. <laughs> so, um, so anyways, I, uh, because university just wasn't working for me. I, uh, I ended up getting a job with the city of Edmonton. Okay. And, uh, and i always took the early layoff in november and i I'd, I'd do my artwork on the side and go play hockey yeah. and, and uh um so that was kind of my my life at the time like i thought wow that's pretty good life make good money during the you know from april till november and then go play hockey sure and it was it was wonderful and so so
1: let's go back to that question around what inspires you like back in those days uh, you talk about the sports and all that type of stuff but now people are they're commissioning you yeah. they're saying hey can you paint Whatever. Can you paint the, this beautiful um, scenery in my backyard? Or can you do a family? But like, what are people asking you for? And uh, as an artist, are you able to go, nah, I don't paint that? Or do you go, sure, I'll paint it. And do you get what I'm saying? Like, Yep.
0: yep. Well, and that's where, like, so I, I would do, it was mostly sports. Okay. I, I had uh, I had some people um, commission me to do uh, memorial pieces and things like that. Okay. Which was uh, Which was another one. Um, but after a while, I, I, just, I just didn't want to do that anymore. Like I, I, um, I just did not want to take commissions anymore, even though that's what majority of artists will do. Uh, I just didn't want to be doing what other people wanted. I want to do what I want to do. Sure. And, uh, but, um, but my, my art career actually took a huge, a huge swing, um, after I went to college because I, um, while I was going to college, I, I had my first gallery showing and, uh, and a lot of the artwork I was showing was commission work and things okay. like that. Um, so, but I lived in Grand Prairie and there was, I had didn't really have any friends there except for the guys that I played on the hockey team with. So I had to uh, I had to invite people to the opening. So who was I going to invite? Well, all my hockey buddies.
1: Which, if, if I can stop you, when I hear Grand Prairie, I, I don't right away think, oh, the art mecca of the world. And then when I hear like, you know, all these senior men's Hockey players, I'm not thinking these are all like the, you know, art artiest people. Well, they are met.
0: And that's exactly that's exactly it. So so this wasn't even senior hockey. This is college hockey. So okay. I was they called me because I was a twenty five year old and they were all like twenty and twenty one years old yeah. kids, right? Well like, so, how's it
1: going, Dad? Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. So so uh, I thought, well, I have to invite somebody to my events or my show. So who I invite all these kids basically to yeah. me. I mean now they're I mean they're yeah. adults, I guess, but um so anyways, they they all because they're they're friends my buddies on the team they all came out and they all walked around quickly and looked around but they're like going um is there any drinks yeah (laughs) yeah. like well well there's you can get a glass of wine like yeah where's the ryan coke where's the beer yeah so they they basically walked in walked around and and you could just see they were all uncomfortable because it was in a gallery setting and they just didn't know how to behave and i mean they didn't they didn't have to behave anyway just look at the artwork and appreciate it but But there's this, There's unfortunately a stigma sometimes that's attached to galleries that that uh, which I, I witnessed this, uh, especially in Grand Prairie at the time. Um, and I thought, well, this is really really weird watching this behavior and how they just felt like they couldn't look at art yet. Yet they do it all the time when it's not in a pressure situation. It's just they just felt a little uncomfortable because of this the environment. So um, after that event, I decided to um, to create a different type of art show. Which is um, when I started up my uh, what I do now. It's called Night of Artists. So I, I actually booked a hall in St. Albert, the community hall downtown St. Albert, yeah. and and I uh, instead of doing an art show in the gallery setting, I um, I, I made it a party. I hired a DJ. I uh, had my uh, my sister sing. My bro- um, one of my best friends play piano, and uh, um, I served dinner and and made it just a big you got to buy a you ticket had to come here yeah oh, i had everything so <laughs> yeah. so and i put my artwork up all around the perimeter of the room and and um and everybody came like all like 160 people packed yeah. the hall or whatever and i sold more artwork than i've ever sold in my so life so what
1: you essentially did though and again that wasn't a slam on grand prairie no no right what, what my point is is that that i guess that's the beauty of art is that people can appreciate art from wherever they come from whatever they're back absolutely from. And so you go from this Grand Prairie to doing this in St. Albert where you were raised and, and and part of that community. But what you essentially did was you you made it cool. Yeah, well, I mean- You it, tried I mean, to make a gallery experience a little more hip, if you will. Like you just wanted people to come out, have more interactive, more engagement. Well, and, and also just take the take the pressure off because I think that getting back to the, uh,
0: you know, where you come from, like why people don't do artwork anymore because it, it feel, you almost feel like you have to walk in and know everything about art to look mm-hmm. at artwork. If you're if you're put into that environment without, um, without it just being there kind right. of thing. Um, so they didn't come there thinking they had to they had to know anything about my artwork. They came thinking they're going to have some fun, and Phil's artwork will be there. And um, and I realized that, that that's what I needed to do is I needed to take the uh, take the pressure off of of art viewing and make it more enjoyable um, so that people when they do go into a gallery won't feel like they had to know anything they just right. can appreciate artwork and right. uh, and i think that and i've been doing this now for 26 years and um and i think that uh um that i've literally shown artwork to thousands of people that maybe would not even have ever stepped in a gallery that are now going into galleries because they just love looking at creations by especially people in their own community so mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty fun
1: i'll say as a guy who who truthfully until i met louis Lavois, i did not have an appreciation for art mm-hmm. i didn't and then seeing what he's created and seeing some of your stuff as well in our community. Right. Um, and after knowing Lewis, just knowing, wow, like I, I do appreciate it. It just blows my mind. And the beauty that can come out of, of these pieces of of artwork are so meaningful mm-hmm. and can just really touch a person deep in their, in their, their softies. You know what I mean? Like just really get in there. What is, we're going to, we're going to get to an out of artists, soon because I I think that that's an incredible thing to talk about and how what you have spent the majority of your career now is helping other artists get showcased which I think is amazing but what what are some of your favorite pieces you've ever done that you just knew um I mean there's one thing where it impacts you as an artist and and I'm assuming again I'm assuming a lot of things here I'm assuming you still have some of the first drawings you ever did I'm assuming that you've kept some of those pieces along the way because they're so personal to you, but are there some that you've done where you know that it's just really impacted the person who, who bought it or you gave it to or or something like that?
0: Hmm. Um, well, I mean, I, I, I drew my mom and dad for their anniversary, their Mm -hmm. 25th anniversary. So of course that one was pretty special. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like sometimes as an artist, you, 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 you just, remember once you just feel like you nailed it kind mm-hmm. of thing like it, it's it like I did one drawing of Wayne Gretzky that uh that if I tried to uh to do it again I know I couldn't It was just sometimes it just flows into the you know um I have one art piece that I did um uh, it, I, I called it a warm-up drawing I, I I'd gone up to to live in Wabasca for uh, a few months to hang out with a buddy of mine who was teaching up there and, and uh I did this one drawing in like two hours to warm up before I did all my other artwork that I was going to do while I was there and uh um and it just went perfectly like it was like a two-hour creation that that uh that i made prints of that i've literally sold probably like 400 500 prints of this thing since i created it and um I, i you know you just art art just you just never know which one is going to be your your magic you can sometimes have an idea for something in your head and you just can't get it on the paper or sometimes um what you have in your head is is um risen or it's gone up a notch from what you had even visualized sure what just comes out of you that particular day so which
1: again is amazing to me how you visualize it in your brain and then you put it onto a canvas or a piece of paper like that to me is the part that blows my mind Mm. which i think is incredible um when you get in the zone so you're talking about these in particular these two that you just talked about are you in this zone where there could be like, you know, chaos going on behind you, a building being demolished. Like, are you, can you even hear it? Or are you just in the zone? Uh, well, I mean, for me, I, I I'm a, I'm a
0: pretty, like, I don't like high intensity music. I, I listen to Mel. I'm a deep introspective guy all the time, always thinking about stuff. And, uh, so when I'm painting, a lot of times uh, I don't even think about anything that I'm doing on the canvas. Like, I'll be, I'll be thinking about, uh, um, life uh you know how how the world works uh, like it, it's like I'm complete I am in another zone but it has nothing to do with my artwork a lot of times hmm. um you know it's it's i don't know if it's an ADD thing or whatever but it you know um the only time I re-engage with my art is when I realize okay I should take a look at this and stand back and oh yeah it's working and then go back in and then go back and like I usually have you know some quiet music on in the background that uh, that I'm just getting into or whatever but a lot of it is um like at least for me i mean every artist is different but i uh, i very rarely am thinking about the actual art piece as much as i'm thinking about everything else
1: in my life right yeah. and again it baffles me that your mind can do that mm-hmm. i just think it's such a gift it's such a gift for all of us mm-hmm. that you can do that and that artists do that you know when lewis sorry to always go back to lewis yeah, so this is like we might as well just have talk about this is the lewis <laughs> <Louis> law <Lavoie> podcast <laughs> um and he'll never listen anyways like he's (laughs) he loves podcasts so yes he will listen he might listen if we tell him his names on here a bunch of times when i I watch him paint and and sometimes our comedians because he's painting live at our show and the comedians will jump in and start saying and and he says he loves it whenever they interact with him and they kind of they'll tease him i mean the one guy this year was like you want mushrooms man (laughs) and sometimes we think he is um (laughs) um but I, uh, part of me is like, oh, maybe you shouldn't talk to him because his concentration will get blocked. But he's like, no, this is great. Talk to me all you want, like you know. Well, and he's been doing those for a long time, too. right? So he's right. he's got a whole, uh, you
0: know. He, and everybody thinks, oh, he, he's you know, he doesn't get any anxiety over it. But I I know I've I've been around him getting ready for these things. He's 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 got to think a lot. He's, yeah, like there's a lot of prep that goes into absolutely. it, absolutely. But there's definitely. Um, I mean, I shouldn't speak for him because I don't know exactly what goes through his mind, but. Uh, but you know, I think that um, you're guided by the brush a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Where you 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 could do one brushstroke that could um, could ruin the, the artwork or give you a whole new direction. You got to follow because it, it's kind of guided. It's, it's almost like life. You know, like sure. you, you you come in with a plan, but but um, you know something will happen. You have to you have to be ready to bounce. And, mm-hmm. and uh, Lewis is really good at bouncing. And I think most artists are because well, I would say you are too. Yeah, like you I mean, have to. You, you have to be. Yeah, I think that's uh, like it. it, it You know, as an event planner for what I do, like almost every event has a problem. It's
1: it's almost guaranteed Guaranteed. you're going to have a problem. So if if you your your goal is to not let people see the problem, that's the key, right? Whatever is what it's like the duck. Everything seems pretty good on the surface, but those feet are going. That's what an event is. Yeah, exactly. And that's what an art piece is. Like, well, let's talk about your events. Let's talk about about uh, what you've created and why you created it.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well. So so I mean, the whole reason I started Night of Artists was just just simply to create a another avenue for artists to show their work um, because you know it's tough to get into a gallery um it's just it, you know there's only a certain amount of galleries even open now and and uh artists need a place to show their work so um and i wanted to try to do it in a way that
1: that that uh took away that intimidation factor like we were talking about The Relentless Podcast is brought to you by UCAN Youth Services, which I am very proud to be a part of. UCAN Youth Services is an organization that helps young people move out of harm's way and onto a path of economic independence. If you want to learn more about the incredible work that we do with some very vulnerable young people, please go to www.ucan.ca. That's www.y-o-u-c-a-n.ca. So I I started doing
0: these events Um, first. I I started just in St. Albert, then I expanded to Grand Prairie because I was playing hockey up there. Then I, uh, I I eventually, um, I kept, I, you know, I, I, I would fly out to these places. I I lost a a ton of money doing this. It was like this, Mm -hmm. it was completely a passion driven project because I, I, you know, back then we didn't, first of all, we didn't have the technology we do now for communicating, no zoom, no, no even texting back then. and I, I hated talking to people on the phone. So I'd have to go to places like Toronto, Ottawa, Vancouver, Victoria, and I'd have to go there and meet with artists in person to try to tell them what I want to do and how I want to do this project where I needed to create a team that I could work with that could create an art show in their community where I won't be there the whole time, but I'll be – I need a I need a captain kind of of the team there that will create what I need created. And um, But I, I needed to meet them in person because over the phone – I just don't feel they could get my vibe. Sure, I really, I really wanted to have that connection. That maybe
1: they wouldn't get the, the the vision of what you wanted to do. Exactly, and, yeah. and and
0: I really, I I needed them to know that I was genuinely wanting to help their career, um, and 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 wasn't just a, some guy trying to charge money to 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 take a bunch of cash home back to Edmonton kind of thing. Um, and I I almost did it to to uh, a fault because that's why I was like the financially it was a horrible exercise for me (laughs) i i lost so much money right i i did so many bad deals and and artists uh there were artists that um that took advantage of me um Mm. you know you kind of learn that uh sometimes being strong is is uh or or not being as as much of a pushover i i I was very much a, a pushover thinking i was helping people but sometimes people just know um if you're a pushover you're easy to take advantage of too sure. and uh, and i it was I literally went through a school of hard knocks for probably ten years losing thousands basically i had to uh I had to cash in all my RRSPs, everything to just to keep afloat um and for some reason kept doing that, which was uh, not even like my parents to this day probably would would still go I don't know why you even kept going because uh, um they never they never bailed me out as far as giving me any cash to help me out but they they did help me. <laughs> help me get a loan so i could sure. pay off my debt but um uh but it was it was just something that that i just i just felt so strongly about and um you know i guess back to the relentless, relentless. thing it was just i was just so determined that because i could see i could see the the, the good in it um unfortunately i was i was making so many bad business decisions and and uh, not I, I was thinking more of the the people side of things and not enough of the business side you're of thinking things. with your
1: heart weight way more than your head maybe
0: absolutely and that's exactly what it was and and which, uh,
1: which passion can do to people
0: yep it, right. it can and 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 it took one artist one time to to tell me you know she was in in one of my events she goes um you know we're only going to be successful if you're successful if you're if you're failing trying to make us succeed then then this is never going to go anywhere that's pretty smart yeah right? and then i was like going, geez i never even thought about that like i because here I, w- I was always floundering, like always, and and then uh, after she said that, I go, I got to look at this differently, mm-hmm. you know. It, so then, what changed? What did you do to change it? <laughs>
1: what changes did you make?
0: Well, well, the, the truth be told, I got married. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, uh, you know, I, I I got married, and uh, like a lot of the decisions I was making was based on, oh, if this if this falters. I can fix
1: myself. I sure. know. I know.
0: I can uh, build myself back I up again. I can live on
1: crackers, which I would. <laughs> it's literally the starving artist yeah. idea, right? Yeah. Exactly. Like when you when
0: you talk about that, that's what I I just really believe that whatever happens, I'm going to be able to survive. I, I know how to survive. Um, but then I got married, and then I had kids, and and. Uh, <laughs> uh when i got married like I, I like literally i was my income was like fifteen thousand dollars a year and my my wife uh was still a, a student so we were we
1: were And she was like yeah this
0: you, <laughs> that's exactly you she gotta step like, up babe. <laughs> <you> gotta, yeah <laughs> and uh i remember um at the time i was also working uh with lewis and paul lavoie on mural mosaic yeah. and uh and that was like it was just brand new, basically. It was well, not br- it'd been going for 10 years, but it wasn't like a, a steady paying gig either. So, um, so you know, I one day I, I i came home from uh from working at the studio, and uh, and Amy says to me, She goes, uh, I just want to let you know, you just applied for a job. <laughs> I was like, What? She says. I just applied for a job for you. You're, 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 you're going to go work for Canada post. <laughs> and I was like, I
1: am. Oh, wow. This is,
0: yeah. Like we, 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 we can't survive on, on what you're making. So, you know, you gotta go, you gotta go take this job. And I was like, Oh, okay. And the, you know, at first I was like, going, Oh, you know, all my dreams are just going to get crushed and, and I have to go work at a, because I hadn't been at, I, I'd left my job at the city of Edmonton, um, probably about five years before I met Amy. Yeah. Um, i did not want to go back to the nine to five sure racket and and here i was now i'm going to (laughs) so i so i went and i i did the training and um you know and and got i was all set to deliver packages at at christmas time and it was and then uh, then i told her you know if i if i start working here i'm going to be gone from from six in the morning till probably eight or nine at night so i won't even see the kids and you're going to be on your own all that time and uh uh, like i don't know like uh, we'll be making a lot more money but but we won't uh i won't be seeing you or the kids much and was she like that's fine we're gonna be able to eat
1: nope no <laughs> no nope. you
0: know, no and this this is where i realized how how uh, uh how life in in our world worked is is that it, it had nothing to do with the money i right. mean as long and she would even say as long we got a roof over our head and food on the table we're good that's right and uh because because she didn't want to like she said she could go back to work i said no no you, you you want to be home with the kids and i was like yeah yeah i, I love that you want to be home with the kids and um and she said are you okay i said are you okay with me then just making what i making? i i'm going to work i'll work harder smarter but but uh, you know let's just keep doing what we're doing and, and let's believe it's going to work out and uh and in the long run it did and it was uh um it was it was all about the kids like we, i never i've never made a lot of money and i'm not going <laughs> to I, you know, it's never been about that for us. No, And, and, um, you know, I, I, I've always found ways to get by, uh, Amy was a person that was, um, uh, phenomenal with, you know, buying and selling on swap pages and everything like mm-hmm. the money she made us just by <laughs> reusing things. How to that, budget. Oh yeah. It was, it was, it was remarkable. A well,
1: yeah. You know, well, we're going to get back to you. Are we going to, we're going we're gonna to finish, I think with your, so, but can, can, is it okay if we swing over right now to Amy and, sure. and uh, uh, something that you're working on right now because of of your situation in life. Are you okay to speak of that? Yeah, let's give it a go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Tell me about Amy. Tell me. Uh, I love that you said, "Well, I got married," and the importance of Amy in your life. But maybe talk about what happened to Amy.
0: Well, okay. Well, I mean, first of all, I'll just say that that uh, you know, new responsibility changes priority in life. Like my, my priority before, uh, before Amy was, I was, my family was my art community and I just really wanted to create something that made my art community successful and and it gave me a passion and, and something I could really focus on. And, and, uh, uh, I was going into my forties and I wasn't married yet and series of bad relationships and just bad choices, whatever. Um, almost was conceding to the fact that I wasn't ever going to be married. And then Amy came along and, and, uh, not only did I get married, but I, I I had two kids. Follow up right after that, we're at a time where I thought that I was only going to inherit somebody else somebody else's children in my life. Sure. So sure. Um, so it was like this this um, miracle to me um, to have that happen. And um, so when when all these life decisions started coming along, I mean, the most important thing to me is my wife and kids. So that's when I changed my focus. It was like um, you know, it was almost like this this. God given thing to to me, where 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 it was like going, If you focus on this, I'll reward you with with the rest of the stuff, and uh, um, and life just took off. Um, <laughs> so so things just kept um, you no know, life just got better and better. Like it was like the um, the best time of my life. Um, my art shows, uh, my, uh, my, art. my art show started taking off, um, my mural company with Lewis and Paul started doing amazing things. And then, um, it was like, it was like everything that you're supposed to get. And, um, and then, uh, thanks. And then, uh, then at the peak of everything uh, like around 2018, like we had, I had the best year of my life. Like, uh, uh, we were just wrapping up a, a big national mural project all across the country, painting with 80,000 people. Um, my night of artist shows were, were at a peak. My, my, that, that year, uh, Amy and I saw all of Canada with the kids. Um, uh, we, we got offered a, a trip to Hawaii by a friend. And, um, we still had to pay for a chunk of it and i didn't really have the money to go but i said if we don't go i'm missing an opportunity so we just took off and went and, and we just did everything in a year it was like most remarkable year and uh and then thankfully i did because the next year um we were shocked to find out amy was diagnosed with lung cancer and um um and and uh this went from the best year to the, to the hardest year. And, uh, um, but, 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 you know, it was one of those things where you just don't know what's coming around the corner next. And, uh, um, we seized every opportunity in that 2018 that, uh, that we were ready for, for the new battle of, of 2019. And, uh, Mm -hmm. so it was, um, it was a shock. It was horrible. And Amy was a, um, uh, an ultra runner she would run 50 kilometers uh i would i would follow her with my car and pick her up and because i i was not a runner yeah um and she was a super mom and uh so when this happened it was like it was like how is this even possible um and you know and and the odds of her survival were low but she just believed that she was going to beat it and she she took her story quite public and um she started a campaign for uh she would do 58 lunges every day for, uh, for the 58 people that, that, um, die daily in Canada from lung cancer. And she got me to, to joint Washington. So she got me, I, I just figured I should support her. And, and, yeah. uh, so I started doing that with her as well. And we would do that every day through her treatments. And she would, she would bike to her chemo and radiation and run to them. And, and she was just determined that she was not going to, uh, going to let this cancer take her. And, um, unfortunately um her battle only lasted about nine months and she passed away in february of of uh 2019 and um um yeah it still still seems so hard to believe because she was only 38 years old when she passed away and and uh um and there i was with um with myself and the six-year-old and eight-year-old uh trying to figure out how to how to start a new life again so
1: yeah Phil, I'm, I'm so sorry for your loss. Thank you. Um, Amy sounds like she was just an incredible, incredible human being. And I know that in talking yesterday, we, we talked for quite a while yesterday. Mm. And uh, I just appreciated our conversation so much. And, and um, I don't understand your, your pain or your grief, but um, understanding grief a little bit, I, I, uh, I'm amazed by you. I'm amazed that, um, well, in some ways you had, you had no choice. You, you got two little ones, a six year old and an eight year old, you know, dad just can't quit. That's right. Yeah. And, um, the way you talk about your kids and, and, uh, put a big smile on my face yesterday when you were talking about them and, and how they're doing and, and, and uh, you guys are working hard to somehow move forward without Amy. Mm-hmm. But I know that, um, you've started an initiative Mm -hmm. um in amy's name Mm -hmm. and i would love for you to be able to tell us about that if that's okay
0: well while amy was uh was going through her treatments um you know it was quite often she'd be sitting and like she she was with this kind of person that no matter what was going on in life she'd walk in and be smiling and she talked to everybody like uh, that was just her nature i'm i'm the kind of i was kind of a shy guy that would just kind of blend into the furniture where she she walks in and she's going to She's going to make somebody's day. She's going to own the room. She's going to own the room with a big smile and and she'll get people talking. And, uh, uh, she would talk to so many families that were waiting for treatments and such about how they were, they were coming, uh, from places like, uh, like Grand Prairie, Fort McMurray, whatever. And they'd have to come in and find a hotels and and go through treatments or they're coming from even places like Barhead or, you know, a little bit closer, but they have to drive in, get radiation, then drive back home again. and, And, um, she said that when she beat her cancer that we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get some kind of a a apartment or something for the kids to or for the for the families to uh to stay at so they don't have to because when when amy's going through her treatments like like we were talking with you and your family there um it's amazing the support you can get in the community yeah like i I really believe there's so much good in this world that that uh, we, we focus on the negative too much but um we had so much support and and if there was any way we could pay that forward and and uh give that to somebody else. So that's what she wanted to do. Unfortunately, she wasn't able to beat her cancer, but, um, coincidentally right after, um, she passed, uh, uh, the house where we, it was a house that I had lived in for almost 20 years that I uh, my dad had bought off my uncle and, uh, it had been take, taken over by a friend of mine who was now renting it out to other people. And he'd he'd been renting it out for almost, oh gosh, just about 10 years, I guess. And, um, uh, the house had never been vacant and right at right when uh after Amy passed the house became vacant so i asked my my one of my best friends here that i said you know what are the odds we could turn this house into amy's house because uh um you know we restarted our kids first two kids were born into this house and um it'd be kind of neat to turn this into a a a special place yeah so um it didn't even take any uh any convincing for this um right away he said absolutely let's do it so uh so we, we uh, took the house and, and renovated it a bit so it would, uh, you know, work with families that, that needed it for what we were trying to create it for. And by uh, Amy's uh, 39th birthday, uh, September of 2019, just six months after she had passed or whatever it was and we opened up this house and mm-hmm. um, and we've had the house full of uh, families ever since. And uh, this, this upcoming weekend, uh, sorry, I should say the April, I guess April fifteenth, um, we uh, we are opening the second house, which wow. which happens to be right next door to the first house. So wow! So the house came available. We we managed to to secure it, and um, and we're 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 gonna be able to help twice as many families now. So it's, that's incredible. It's pretty exciting.
1: Yeah. What a way to honor Amy.
0: Yeah, it's been it's been a uh, my kids. Um, they designed the logo for the house they, <laughs> they they came over when we were renovating the house they they started drawing on the on the sidewalk amy's house and and oh, wow. so i said you know what let's make that the logo so i took a picture of them with the with what they had drawn on in sidewalk chalk and and uh um and they helped renovate the house and and the, the home for that like to me like we, we, we talk about amy every day and and the house just gives us more reason to say her name over and over um and the the kids talk about amy the time we shared everything it's always a positive thing in our in our home yeah and um and even the whole the the volunteering of people coming out to the house became like this um this healing structure sure more so than anything sure an absolute labor of love absolutely yeah and it was it was wonderful like you know people would be in the house in tears but they're happy
1: yeah Yeah, it was pretty pretty powerful yeah thank you for sharing that yeah thanks thanks for talking about it and (laughs) well um amy was obviously just this amazing human being and that could light up anything and, and she lit up your life and and your kids lives and the lives of many and, and i love that that you guys have decided because of amy because of amy's wanting this but that you you kept going with it mm-hmm. for amy's house how can people support that can you do you know what i mean like do you guys have a, a website do you guys yep. yeah like, yeah yeah. Well, Can people well, donate to it. What is that?
0: Yeah. Well, we, 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 um, we, we were a nonprofit just switching to a charity. Uh, okay. it's amy's okay. Uh, yeah. There, we're always accepting donations. We do a, um, we do a run in Amy's name. She was a, because she's an avid trail runner. We, uh, we do a run through the river valley. It's a, there's, there's, um, a five kilometer event for the, the, average joe i guess yeah. uh and then there's a serious um 50 or 40 kilometer trail run for the for teams and and serious runners wow. um and and, and i in my night of artist event now um which i actually was going to stop after amy had uh had passed away just because i i just didn't have the same enthusiasm for it um it's now been resurrected and uh because I can use it now to raise funds for the house. So, hmm. so uh, that will be, those are our two major events. Yeah. And then just ongoing donations yeah. kind of thing.
1: So Yeah. Well, we asked people to go to that website and by all means support. Um, it really is an incredible story. And, and um, you know, when I think of the word relentless and I think of you as an artist and, and the things that you've had to, to go through as an artist, um, I love that, that you said, you know, I said, well, what changed? You said, I got married, you know, um, Amy was relentless too. Mm-hmm. And supporting your passion and your love for art, which I think is incredible. Mm-hmm. And now with Amy's house and this other stuff, you're, you're relentless with that too, because you have to be, mm-hmm. you know, I know running a charity, you have to be, um, momentum has to continue all the time, all the time. Right. And I just wish you nothing but the best with Amy's house um art wise w- w- you're, you're still doing night of artists mm-hmm. and then what else are you doing what else are you involved with well that's uh, so so <laughs>
0: as the paintbrush gets put onto the canvas and, and you 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 don't know what's going to happen next uh like i literally had done my last night of artist show last year and um uh, it was in, at the St. Albert Enjoy Joy center. I, I, re- I was ready. I didn't announce it publicly, right. but anybody close to me knew that I was <laughs> done. Um, uh, then late fall last year, I, I got contacted by, a, 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 a woman who works for, for, um, all these shopping malls across Alberta kind of thing who I hadn't spoke to in 20 years. And she, uh, she reemerged and said, Hey, would you like to open up a gallery? Or something to do with the arts in in Dune dune Center, and I was like, nope. <laughs> right off the bat, I go, no I do not want to do that. I don't want to get into a, a business and start running a business and, and doing something like that. I, I'm I'm kind of fading out of what I'm doing. I'm, I'm going to try to go back to do my art because I really haven't done any of my own art probably for for probably ten years. Oh wow! Because I've been. Either either working for, for Mural Mosaic, promoting that, or or doing my Night of artist stuff. Sure,
1: you've been basically facilitating things for other artists yeah. to do their work.
0: Yeah, like everything yeah. that I started, the whole purpose of what I started was to promote my own artwork. But in the end, it became, my artwork was secondary. I, I haven't even done any artwork, really. In a, so I was going to go back to that. Um, but then this opportunity came along, and she said, come check out the space, and then tell me no after you look at the space. So I went and looked at the space in Bonnie Dune Center, and I was like, oh, man it's like ever since I was, I was like in my early 20s I dreamed of having a space that I could have as an entertainment venue slash gallery and it had a door to the exterior of the mall so I could operate the events outside of mall hours sure. and things like that and uh, <clears throat> and she made me a really sweet offer that I just couldn't refuse I said okay I'll take it on and, and we'll give it a go and um, and then after I started doing it then my uh my passion returned it was a kind of a passion that I had lost uh, on a lot of levels mm. uh I think because my passion went from went from uh, the arts to my family. Like, uh, sure. like when you lose your wife and, you know, my kids are number one focus. Sure. And then uh, all my energy just, I, I tried to reignite energy elsewhere and I just couldn't do it.
1: And, and grief is exhausting. It is exhausting.
0: You wake up with it it's and it's exhausting. there. You go to bed with it, it's, it's there. there. It just doesn't go away. And yeah. uh, it uh, it can shift around a bit. But, sure. you know. It's if, exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. It's exhausting. So, uh, um. The opportunity ar- arose, and and um, I stepped into it. And and uh, the only way it was going to work is if I was supported by the arts community. Mm-hmm. And the the support I got was unbelievable. I go, wow. I guess I sh- I'm, I'm maybe I'm supposed to do this. And and uh, so then uh, now I'm operating this gallery uh, completely different than what I had done in the past. And then then uh, as I'm talking to the mall, there were wonderful people at Bonnie Dune Center. They're really open to new ideas. I said, well, what if we? What if we turn this mall into a gigantic ballroom and create a uh, an art walk throughout the mall for three days and then have a party in the in the mall shut down all the stores and have a big party and they're like oh that's so crazy but it might work and yeah, and, uh, yeah well let's, let's give it a go so uh so we partnered up and we did that this past um march and it was the like honestly i've, I've probably done close to 250 270 events in my lifetime and and it was like all roads led to this. Like oh, wow, it was like the um, like even even the things that I thought were uh, were not going to work right worked. I've never had an event like it where where everything like the the artists were successful. The the we raised valuable funds for Amy's house. Yeah. Um, the the problems I thought that I would have didn't happen, and in fact, the the problems that I thought were for sure problems turned into one of the one of the best things in the event. That's amazing, and um, and it just it just gave me. Uh, new energy, you know, on a lot of levels. And, uh, and I hadn't felt that in, in Boston, probably since Amy was diagnosed sure. and, and, uh, um, and, and uh, I just think it was just everything positioned the way it was meant to be for a moment that I needed in yeah. my life. My kids were, my kids were at the event. My, my daughter was, was butlering food around, giving nice. it to people. My son was going around drinking Coke all night long, yeah. like a, like a coca yeah. nice,
1: <laughs> nice. They just
0: had, it was like such a, it, it was like the, the, it was, like the kids just love night of Arts because Amy loved night of artists too. She loved coming and dressing up and just having a nice night. So it was, yeah. it was kind of like there it was, it was like this, this perfect party to, to kind of um, reignite my, my passions again. And, uh, um, and, and the, my art community was so amazingly supportive. It was, it was really, I, I I don't know. Like I, I honestly, anytime I have an event, I'm always for the, for like two or three weeks afterwards, I'm always thinking about, oh I should have done this or I should have done that or, why did that not work and this is the first time i've walked out of it where we're going ah you know this just was meant to be it yeah. just it just felt so good so it so perfect yeah yeah, yeah. I, I hate i hate even using the word perfect but if there was a perfect night there was that that was that was probably as close
1: to it as it could have been so congratulations on that yeah thank and, you and i love hearing that thanks and um i love hearing that your passion is ignited again um acknowledging that that doesn't mean you're better. It doesn't mean that, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't mean like, Hey, I mean, the saying that you and I talked about a little bit yesterday was this, this where people say, Oh, you just got to move on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm never going to move on. No. Right. But, but I think you move you, forward. You don't move you on move forward. And yeah. I think what you're doing, um, as, as a good husband, um, as a good dad, as you're, you're moving forward and you're carrying Amy with you mm-hmm. and, and it's incredible. Thank it you. It is. Um, I'm very inspired by you. No, thanks. <laughs> i am and i think you're a humble guy but i want you to receive that I, I mean it sincerely well thanks um i'm inspired by you i i you're an extraordinary guy and and your life has has been extraordinary and i, I love i've loved listening to the story and, and i actually think we could sit here all day long mm. and talk about your life which i think is amazing and I thank you for sharing it, um, and and the hardest part of your life. I thank you for sharing that, but I do believe that, um, it, you know, as as you're inspired to keep going here, that it's gonna it's gonna bring wonderful and beautiful things to, to many lives. Um, I don't see any silver linings in in my grief, to be honest with you. Like I don't, I don't right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I but I do believe that some things can happen that can be good as we move forward. And that's what's happening for you. So, I think it's amazing. You're a relentless man. <laughs> well, I'll give you a silver lining that you you are you are talking about it, and and
0: that is you're helping me, and you're helping others. So, I I, I mean, uh, it, it's it's tough. It's so tough, and, and it's not going to fix anything. But but just the fact that you're here, inviting me to talk about it is is a silver
1: lining. So, well, I'm glad yeah. because I think we need to talk about it. Yeah, you're you know? right. Yeah, and I think that we need to be okay to talk about it publicly too. That's my take. It's not everybody's opinion, um, but I think, I think if we share our stories, uh, the good, the bad and the ugly, um, I think it can help people. Absolutely. You know, and that's my hope on this podcast. So, yeah. so you've done that today. It's it's we've had some fun. Um, we've had some tears and uh, I hope that people know a little bit more about how an artist's brain works because i still don't know i you know you didn't explain it well (laughs) i'm sorry Um, i don't know how it works (laughs) either which i think is so cool (laughs) i really do think it's amazing so this is how we're going to end this podcast i'm trying to do this with podcast it's called the relentless uh quiz and it is scientific uh this is going to prove how relentless of a person you are phil are you ready i'm ready okay You got to think about these questions. All right. Fruits or vegetables? (laughs) Uh, Fruits. All right. City or countryside?
0: Oh, there's such a in-between. Countryside.
1: Okay. Dirty bathroom or dirty
0: kitchen? Dirty bathroom.
1: Okay. Salty or sweet? Salty. So interesting. So many people say fruits, and then they go to salty. So <laughs> interesting to me. Favorite comedy movie of all time.
0: Comedy movie. Ah, uh, oh
1: boy. I have to think about that one. Um, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. If uh, that's uh, I'm putting you on the spot here. Uh, I'm just trying to. Th- uh, I might have to. Take a pass on that okay. for a second while I Take think a pass. People now people know you're not funny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Big that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> Big party or small gathering. Uh small gathering. Okay. Phone in the bathroom or not in the bathroom. Oh, well, not in the bathroom. Oh. All right. Favorite love song of all time? Uh The Dance. It's a great song, man. Cake or pie? Pie. Last question. Describe your relentless podcast experience in four words uh, emotional, uh, inspiring, comfortable, and important. Phil. You are all those things. You have passed the quiz. You are relentless. I thank you so much. I thank you for your gift of art that you have given the world. Thank You, uh, you didn't have to, but you've chosen to. And I thank you for that. Um, I thank you for your heart. And I thank you that uh, we didn't even talk about this. And when you refereed me when I played league <laughs> hockey, uh, we don't think you kicked me out of a game. Probably should have.
0: Yeah, probably, <laughs>
1: but, but we don't think you did. So thank you for that. <laughs> but I do remember the penalties. So <laughs> Yes, there was a lot, a lot of sitting in that soup kitchen. There was a lot. Um, I appreciate you so much. I phoned Rob Lawlisher yesterday. You and I had a little pre-pod interview yesterday, and we actually talked for a long time. And because um, I, I don't think we had actually met before. I think maybe if we met, it was in passing here and mm-hmm. there, but but um and rob uh, lawsher the owner of road 55 he said listen you got to get phil lane and of course i had heard of you i knew of you and i texted him immediately after we got off the phone i said i think i just fell in love with phil <laughs> it, it was such a, a beautiful conversation and today was as well i appreciate you where can we find you um so where can we find amy's house the website is amy's house.ca amy's house.ca and then uh uh, nightofartist.com is uh,
0: that's where you'll get inspiration for the gallery and, and all the events that we are are putting on, and uh, and I'm still working with um, Lewis at Mural Mosaic, Lewis and Paul Lavoy. So and they're they're doing some amazing things right now. Um, muralmosaic.com, I think people should check that out too. So,
1: Phil, gosh. thank you so much. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you. Really appreciate your time. And I almost feel like we it would have been just as much fun having you talk as and hearing your story at the same time. It's not that target. great.
1: Trust me. <laughs> trust me (laughs) all right i appreciate it take care brother thank you you too